Herzlich willkommen, Stian Amgela, and welcome to the Bundesliga Connection with Chris Harrington on SL Radio in partnership with DW Berlin. Sokaladuma Radio. It's time for the latest from Germany's domestic football league, the Bundesliga. For that, we are joined by the one and only Chris Harrington from our partner station DW in Berlin. Welcome to Soccer La Duma Radio. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the show. No, it's fantastic to be here. You know, I'm thrilled to uh, be a part of, you know, all of the great things you guys are doing in South Africa. Definitely. Now, Chris, the Bundesliga will be coming back September 18th uh, when the season starts. So, um Will they have the green light to have fans? I see RB Leipzig got the green light in principle to allow fans at the Red Bull Arena in limited numbers. Tell us more about that and where the Bundesliga stands on that issue. Well, the health minister of the state where RB Leipzig plays believes that more than 1,000 fans could be possible again, you know, when this season resumes September 18th. But they're going to have to avoid Shouting, singing, and screaming, everything fans love to do. But up to 20,000 fans could be allowed in Red Bull Arena, but every club is not equal. Every club in the Bundesliga does not have the infrastructure to support such an initiative. Uh, but Union Berlin is a good example of that. They don't have the ability to offer individual seating areas like RB can. Plus, it's a bit unfair to fans if some are allowed and others are not. Clubs agree on this all-or-nothing philosophy but the decision is not up to the federal government. It's not up to the clubs. It's up to every local government. Every local state health minister, you know, has the call to make. So we literally could see an unlevel playing field when we think of what home clubs could use as fan support, you know, to get them over the hump and maybe get them three points on the pitch. So uh, we have to wait and see, you know, how it pans out. But that is the case uh, as of today. Do you think that there's any chance, just to uh, quickly ask another question on that issue, do you think that there's a chance perhaps that we could start the season with uh, behind closed doors as we, ha uh, as we have seen and then at some point maybe halfway through the season, maybe when they're more prepared, they introduce the, the, the fans uh, once, once they've sorted out all their issues? Is that a possibility? Yeah, I think definitely that's a possibility. I mean, you know, the fan in Germany is the 12th man on the pitch, like, you know, a lot of dedicated supporters of this sport. So it is possible we could see some trickle effect, you know, in terms of, you know, some clubs starting before others, before other clubs get the chance to really build an infrastructure that could support a fan base. But again, we have to wait and see what happens with the coronavirus numbers. You know, right now they seem to be under uh, control, you know, but the holiday season isn't over yet. When, you know, when, when the vacationers return to Germany, we could be speaking about a completely different scenario, you know, but the ultimate goal is to have fans come back. You know, the Bundesliga resumed before any other club did. They got their season completed, awarded Bayern Munich, you know, uh, the champions. So I do think they will try, you know, to uh, set a precedent in regards to having fans return as well. Now, Chris, you've been talking about Bayern Leverkusen's Kai Havertz and his links to Chelsea. Uh, it looks to be a done deal. How far, or how far along is that right now? Well, it's not quite done, but Kai definitely wants it to happen. And Leverkusen are surprised how focused he is on leaving. 
There is, of course, the Champions League hanging over Chelsea's head. They're going to need to qualify for that, you know, to get Kai Havertz. And Bayern Leverkusen are competing in the Europa League. And according to all reports, Havertz will stay in place and try to get, you know, Leverkusen, you know, as far in that tournament as possible. You know, but Chelsea... They're young, they're hungry, but they're also human. You know, right now, they can get injured. Look at Christian Pulisic. He's down right now. Just imagine, you know, how uh, the depth would be added to that roster if Kai Havertz would be available, you know, or, you know, on the sideline to come in. That would help tremendously. The craziest thing in all this situation is Anthony Rudiger, uh, Chelsea a mainstay and also a German national team player. He played a major role in getting not only Timo Vanna to Chelsea, but he's also played part-time recruiter in getting Kai Havertz over to the Premier League side, you know, as it looks to, you know, to, to happen soon enough. And the sad thing about that is the club has not committed loyalty to Rudiger. You know, his contract is uh, set to expire soon, and uh, we have to see mm. what happens with that. But the loyalty looks like it's a one-way street right now, and that's sad to see because he's been putting in work that he's not paid to put in right now. And how do you think of uh, Kai Havertz linking up with Timo Werner uh, and, and, and that Chelsea attack? How do you think he fits into that structure? Yeah, I think it's remarkable. You have to consider the fact that they are teammates on another team, the national team, so they are familiar. Anytime national team players can uh, wear the same domestic uh, jersey, the kit, you know, obviously that's an added incentive, you know, because you get that familiarity with your teammates and so on. You know, and in Chelsea, you know, when you look at that young core, it's a, a, a nice good team that could arguably become the team of the future if they all progress at the same rate. You know, I think, you know, it, it, it makes sense. It's kind of a blow to the Bundesliga seeing all of the young hot talent leave. You know, it kind of waters down the competitiveness over here in Germany. But all in all, you know, it makes sense. You know, that um, the teammates would be teammates uh, two times, national side and, of course, on a domestic uh, side as well. And uh, what are your thoughts on the other rumors regarding young English prospect like Jude Bellingham are reportedly set to join Dortmund and following in the footsteps of one Jaden Sancho, who's reportedly set to leave Dortmund? Uh, what are your thoughts on those? Well, you know, Jaden Sancho is definitely a trendsetter. You know, Jude Bellingham is set to complete a 23 million euro deal with Dortmund. He's 17 like Jaden Sancho was when he joined Dortmund. Some say Bellingham is even more talented in some respects at that age, and he's valued higher. You know, Sancho was only $8 million, you know, when he joined Dortmund. But I interviewed Sancho when he first arrived before he became the 100 million euro plus man that we know him as today. He predicted young players would follow his lead. How would you, in general, describe yourself? Fun, vibey, um, chilled. Okay. I just like good vibes only. I don't really like bad vibes, not me. How did it come to a point where you said, this is, this is it, I'm going to be a professional footballer? I think it was the people, um, like my dad, people that are around me at the time, they said, if you're really serious about football, then you've got to make sacrifices. And then from that day, I've made a lot of sacrifices. Do you feel like this is your time now, you know, being a young athlete? I think I could be a role model to people growing up, like, to say, my age, age is just a number, really. And obviously, if you're good enough, then why not? So, yeah, especially in England. Obviously, people in England don't really leave the country until like they're like 22. I would say to anyone that's watching this that don't be afraid. Like, you're here for one reason: is to make it as a footballer. And obviously, you gotta take chances. Yeah, of course. You can't course. be the best if you don't take chances. So, yeah, I just wanna be a player where. 
people say I want him in my team and obviously people like me for who I am. And now Jaden has played himself into becoming a record transfer in the Bundesliga two seasons later. It's only a matter of time before he does reach that uh, benchmark. Amazing what one player can do with the opportunity. And who is the worst dressed? <laughs> I mean, no people kill me. <laughs> Catch my starter pack only on SL Radio, brought to you by Sokola Duma. Sokola Duma Radio. And, um, you know, Dortmund looks set to hold out for or around £100 million for Jadon Sancho as well. How likely do you think that move to Manchester United is for Jadon Sancho? You know, he's pushing, he's hinting, you know, he's sending all these cryptic messages and so forth saying who his father was a fan of and other things like this. You know, obviously it is a business at the end of the day and Dortmund, you know, aren't going to give any kind of coronavirus discounts. And uh, mm -hmm. we saw the similar thing with Dembele. You know, I think the worst thing to happen is complacency set in with the Sancho. He stays at a club. He might not really want to be. Of course, he's going to give his all when he's on the pitch. But we might see, you know, some uh, star power or ego issues similar to Obama Young, similar to Dembele before him. And you hate to see that happen because it does kind of stain the reputation of a young talent. I think you have to strike when the iron is hot. Right now, the numbers Jaden Sancho put up. Right now is the time to seize, you know, on his availability. And I think a club would be wise to pay whatever Dortmund is asking. Uh, another team that has a lot of fresh young talent coming through the ranks is Bayern Munich themselves, who have uh, guys like Alfonso Davies. Uh, they have, uh, you know, all of this young talent. They have the one boy from Arsenal whose name escapes me at the moment. But what do you th uh, rate of their chances in the Champions League and that Chelsea tie of theirs? Well, you know, come on, Chelsea, they have a quite of the hole to dig themselves out of, you know, with the 3-0 uh, disadvantage going into that match. Leron Goretzka spoke on this, uh, you know, issue right now. It's going to be an issue of collecting dust. You know, Bayern, obviously, they're not competing right now. Chelsea are going to have to be on their A game because they have something to prove in the Premier League in the standings. So they have that in their favor. But me, having interviewed several Bayern players, you know, uh, specifically uh, Serge Gnabry, their training is like a battlefield. Their training could arguably be more competitive than the matches they deal with in the Bundesliga. So I don't think it'll necessarily hurt them. I think their roster, you mentioned Alfonso Davis. I mean, you can't teach speed, you know, and uh, that kid has it, uh, you know, uh, in droves, basically. He's a threat up front. You know, they're a threat, but Lewandowski looking uh, very healthy. Thomas Müller, you know, they all look good under Hansi Flick. He's been doing wonders. I have them picked, you know, as favorites for the Champions League, I, you know, to win the treble this season. And I think everything that they've shown thus far, especially the way they ended the season, you'd be an idiot and insane not to believe that they are capable of doing that. They have to wait and see. You know, Barca, Napoli, a lot of question marks, you know, remain. But as far as Chelsea, come on, man. You're kidding me? Chelsea, they're going to be putting – they're going to eject Chelsea, you know, uh, uh, very quickly, I think. Now, Chris, I have a lot of respect for you. You're a, you're a student of the game, and I'm, I'm a young student of the game. And so I have to ask you, how did you fall in love with the Bundesliga in the first place? How did you get involved with that league? Well, you know, I had spent time in Germany before, you know, uh, the military. I was here in the early 2000s. But when the World Cup came in 2006, it really, really caught my attention, you know, because there was this big focus you know, on uh, Jerome Boateng, you know, uh, playing. And, and it was also uh, 
his brother, Kevin Prince Boateng. It, it wasn't that World Cup, but it was a subsequent World Cup. But, you know, this fixture was a big uh, question mark because that was one of the things I didn't realize, you know, it, it was so diverse and the big stars that Bundesliga actually had. You know, obviously, as an American, American football, baseball and basketball are the big three. But the MLS has been making, you know, uh, their way into that conversation. And, you know, the competitiveness. I'm a former athlete. You know, you know, I, I love the idea of the underdog of people being competitive and having gone to a handful of games. You know, when I f first started working at Deutsche Welle in Berlin in 2015, you know, the love just increased over and over and over again and, and getting the opportunity to sit and talk to players, you know, picking their brains, seeing what motivates them, the challenges they face and uh, overcoming obstacles, you know, and succeeding, you know, ha has really strengthened the love affair between myself and the Bundesliga, you know, and, uh, you know, it's been quite the roller coaster so far and I'm quite excited, you know, for it to continue. And lastly, looking at uh, North America, um, what, what does a, a talent like Alfonso Davies, who's from Canada, what does a talent like him do for the sport in North America, uh, particularly when it comes to the MLS and, and the future of that league? Well, it's clear. Just imagine this. It's, imagine, you know, you finding a, a, an unpolished diamond, you know, you know, in the rough somewhere that most people don't really go and scout to find premier talent. North America is not regarded as a place where you find your upcoming talent. You know, obviously Europe is reserved for that because of the academies, how much they're developed and so on. I think what Alfonso Davis, and when you look at where he's succeeding, you look at his, his football IQ, it's not his natural position, left back, it's not. He's a winger. You know, you look at all of these factors, I think it'll really, you know, have other teams pay more attention to what, you know, North America has to offer in terms of talent, you know, uh, and, and I think, you know, it's uh, wise to do so. Bayern Munich was really smart forming these relationships with a lot of clubs. You have the club in, D in Dallas was another club, you know, they're pretty much setting the bar in terms of what other clubs in the Bundesliga, I believe, will, you know, will continue and follow. But you can look at another goalkeeper. He's not Canadian, but he's uh He's American. It's Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen, you know, played at Fortuna Dusseldorf, you know, but he's on loan from Man City. You know, he really got on the radar playing in North America and really regained attention, you know, across the Atlantic Ocean because he had a stint at the second team at Freiburg. That didn't really pan out so well. You know, so what you have in North America is you have an opportunity for a lot of players that might need to refine some skill sets, but they have that natural talent. And I think, you know, that combination really makes it interesting for teams trying to strengthen their roster, increase their depth in Europe and trying to remain competitive because, you know, it's all about the prospects and who finds them first and who develops them. And uh, Bayern Munich has definitely set a good example for what other clubs need to start doing in Alfonso Davis. Well, Mr. Chris Harrington, thank you very much for joining us all the way from our partner station, DW. It's been an honor and a privilege, sir. Have a fantastic day. All right. You as well. Thank you. Sokala Duma Radio. Sokala Duma Radio.